scripture today comes from the book of John, beginning in chapter 2 with verse 1. On the third day, a wedding took place in Cana at Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Dear woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, My time has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. This, the first of his miraculous signs Jesus performed at Cana in Galilee, he thus revealed his glory and his disciples put their faith in him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Hello, Christ Church and all of our friends joining us today. If you're with us on Facebook, say hello to other friends in the chat. Let us know that you're here. If you're on the website, we would love to hear from you. Send us a prayer request, a praise report. And of course, you can follow along with my outline on the website or on the church app. Again, how are you doing today? I remember hearing something that Pastor Rick Warren shared about our walk with God. He said that we can be on the mountaintop with God in certain aspects of our lives and in the valley with God in others simultaneously. I have found that idea to be very helpful. Sometimes I am on the mountaintop and in the valley simultaneously. Have you ever been there? When it happens to me, I try to thank God for both the mountaintop and the valley time. The comforting thing is knowing that God is with me in both the highs and the lows of my life. God is amazing like that. Amen? Amen. Today I'm continuing our message series titled, I Wonder, looking at questions that many people ask. We've said that in the midst of living everyday life, it's natural and it's okay to have big God questions. We've considered a few of them. I wonder if God exists. I wonder why bad things happen to good people. I wonder why my prayers seem to go unanswered. I wonder about God's will for my life. We've said being in Christian community, looking at the scripture together in the power of the Holy Spirit is a great way to find impactful answers to our questions. Another question many people have is this. I wonder about miracles in the Bible. Maybe you've had conversations with friends or family members about miracles in the Bible. Or perhaps you've had questions arise during your own study. As we read through the Bible, we see that miracles are a significant part of the Holy Scripture. 
In the book of Exodus, God rescues his people from slavery through 10 dramatic plagues and by parting the Red Sea. In 2 Kings, Elisha feeds a poor widow and heals Naaman from leprosy. In the New Testament, the Gospels tell us of 35 different miracles performed by Jesus. And they tell us that it happened often. More than half of these miracle stories tell of the healing of the sick. In other cases, Jesus casts out demons out of people suffering from physical or mental disorders. Three times we read that Jesus raised people from the dead. And the remaining stories show Jesus' power over things, changing the water into wine, feeding a great crowd with very little food, walking on the water, calming the storm. There is no doubt that miracles are a significant part of the Bible. We must deal with them. As Christians, we don't take the part of the Bible that we like and throw the rest away. We, we take the whole Bible. So we must take the miracles too. The question that some people ask is, do you really believe those miracles happened? And I tell them, yes, I do. They were not stunts. There was no sleight of hand. There were no smoke and mirrors. The miracles actually happened. Now, I don't have irrefutable proof. I can't take you in a time machine and have you witness the miracles firsthand, but I can tell you what I can do. I can tell you that I have had firsthand experience with Jesus Christ. He is my Lord and Savior. He speaks the truth to me over and over again in prayer and through the scriptures. I believe Jesus when he tells me the truth about my life. So I believe Jesus when it comes to the miracles that he performed. Wondering about the miracles of the Bible is an issue of faith. If I trust God for my salvation, I should trust him about the miracles he performs. It's not only important to believe in the miracles, we must understand the purpose of miracles. For instance, the miracles of Jesus are not about him walking around like David Copperfield, stunning everybody with his magical powers. This is often the picture many people have of Jesus when they read about his miracles. It certainly is what Satan tempted Jesus to do with his power. You remember when Jesus was tempted by the enemy in the wilderness, the first two temptations had to do with misuse of his power. Satan says, I know you're hungry, so command these stones to become bread. After Jesus refused, Satan then said, hey, jump off the pinnacle of the temple and have the angels save you. And in essence, Jesus replied, I am not here to be a spectacle. Yet as we read on, it's clear that Jesus did perform many miracles. So what is the purpose of all these miracles? The miracles reveal the nature of God. Type nature in the chat, the nature of God. They reveal his love, his priorities, his purpose and power. They give us a glimpse at the heart of God. When we read about Jesus reaching out to heal and to help those who are suffering, we see the grace and the love and the kindness of God at work. 
The miracles of Jesus were also performed so that we would believe. Post believe in the chat. So that we would believe in Jesus as our Lord, as our Savior. For instance, the reason John wrote about miracles was to lead us to believe that Jesus is the Christ and to have abundant life through him. In our text for today, we find that after Jesus turns all of this water into wine, the gospel records these words in John 2.11. Jesus did this, the first of his signs in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory and his disciples, what? Believed in him. John did not record the miracles of Jesus so we could say, wow, that's amazing. Like when we watch a science fiction movie. John wants us instead to respond, Jesus is the Christ. Miracles are not an end to themselves. They are a means to an end. We don't worship the miracles the miracles point to the Lord and lead us to worship him. Well, you may be thinking, okay, I might be able to agree with you on some of this, but if these miracles did really happen, they have long since ceased, haven't they? I mean, miracles don't occur anymore. Well, I disagree. God did not say, I will perform miracles during this period of history and then stop forever. God is still active in our world today, amen? Remember, God is not a static being. God is always creating, always transforming, always moving among us and transforming us. Therefore, God is still performing miracles every single day. The problem we have in our culture is that we like to separate unique events into two categories, natural, and supernatural. If we can explain something scientifically, we don't think it's a miracle. But a miracle is any event that has God's power behind it. Life itself is a miracle. Medical doctors can explain the scientific process of childbirth, but does this negate the miracle of having a baby? Just ask any mother who has been through that experience. You cannot convince them that it was not a miracle. The miracles of God are all around us, right all around us in the chat. Take a look at the wonder of our, our working hands. See the wonder of the vision of our eyes. Listen to the wonder of our ability to speak and to process language. Reflect on our ability to create music, to write poetry, to love and to be loved. The miracles of God are all around us. I'm aware of what comes to some people's mind when they wonder about miracles. They wanna know whether God can change something for them. They have a disease, they need money. They want an impossible event altered to make everything right again. They want a miracle. Well, I believe that God can and does perform these kinds of miracles. Now, I cannot explain how and why these miracles happen, nor can I explain why some people are cured miraculously of a disease and some are not. 
But I believe we should pray for these miracles. We should never limit God. And yet, when we pray for miracles, we need to keep in mind one thing. Miracles are limited. For example, when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, Lazarus eventually became sick again and died. To use a modern example, what if God somehow performed a miracle and, and gave you the winning numbers to the lottery? After giving 10% of it to the church, of course, you would still have the same problems, probably more, and still have the same spiritual issues to contend with. Miracles don't last, and they don't ultimately save us. In fact, when you read through the Bible, you often see many people who witness miracles and still would not follow God. Only Jesus Christ can save us and give us eternal life. Amen? When it comes to miracles, it's important to understand that there's a difference between a healing and a cure. A cure is a temporary solution. A healing is an eternal solution. A cure is a physical response. A healing is a spiritual event. A cure does not last. A healing lasts forever. A healing is discovering God's power within you to rise above any circumstance you face, even death. If it comes down to a choice, I would take a healing over a cure. For a cure will only help a problem for a while, but a healing will give me the ability to cope and deal with any circumstance that comes my way. This is a true miracle, a life changed and empowered by God. Write changed in the chat. In the end, this is what miracles point to, God's ability to transform us to live with his power and strength, no matter the circumstances of life. A pastor was visiting a lady in the hospital who was dying of cancer. Naturally, she was very sad and depressed. He took her hand at her bedside and he asked for God to work in and through her circumstances. He came back a few days later, discovered that she was laughing with the nurses and enjoying the hospital meatloaf. She saw him and she said, I've been healed. He asked, well, what happened to the tumor? Oh, the tumor is still there, she replied. He was a bit confused, helping him to understand. She said, Pastor, I'm enjoying every moment as a gift. And I'm on my way to heaven to be with my Savior. Why shouldn't I be happy? That day, the pastor witnessed a miracle, a life changed, transformed, empowered by God. Chuck Swindoll tells the story of another lady who experienced a miracle. Miss Thompson was a hardworking fifth grade teacher in the Midwest several years ago, and she had a student named Ted. He was very sloppy and unattractive. The kids would always make fun of him. Miss Thompson would get frustrated at his wrong answers on tests. When she looked into his records, it finally made sense. 
His mother died when he was in the third grade. His father showed no interest in him. He was neglected. But something happened at Christmas time that year that changed everything. Ted brought a gift for Miss Thompson. It didn't look like the other gifts the kids gave. It was wrapped in brown paper, held together with scotch tape. When Mrs. Thompson opened it out, fell a gaudy rhinestone bracelet with half the stones missing and a half bottle of cheap perfume. The kids snickered, but Miss Thompson silenced them by splashing a droplet of the perfume on her wrist, letting each one smell it. She also put the bracelet on, and when the day ended and all the children had left, Ted came up to Miss Thompson's desk and he said, Miss Thompson, you smell just like my mother, and the bracelet looks good on you. I'm glad you like my gifts. When Ted left Miss Thompson, she just cried and, and cried and, and prayed for a miracle. Well, the next day, Miss Thompson was committed to loving all of her students, especially Ted. As a result, Ted began to show improvement. By the end of the year, he actually caught up with many of his classmates and even moved ahead of some. Well, the school year ended and time passed and Miss Thompson heard nothing from Ted or about Ted. She always wondered, I wonder what happened to him. Then one day she received a note in the mail. Dear Miss Thompson, I wanted you to be the first to know. I will be graduating second in my class. Love, Ted. Four years later, dear Miss Thompson, they just told me that I will be graduating first in my class. I wanted you to be the first to know. The university has not been easy, but I liked it. Love, Ted. And four more years later, dear Miss Thompson, as of today, I am Theodore Stollard, MD. How about that? I wanted you to be the first to know. And I'm getting married next month. On the 27th, to be exact, I want you to come and sit where my mother would sit if she were alive. You are the only family I have now. Dad died last year. Love, Ted. Well, Miss Thompson attended that wedding, and she sat where Ted's mother would have sat. And that day, she witnessed a miracle a miracle that had begun in Ted's life way back there in the fifth grade. Remember this, the miracles of God are all around us. And Jesus Christ is the one who can take our lives and change them, transform them. He's the one who can use us to impact others too. We believe in miracles. We pray in Jesus' name for miracles to happen, and we rest in the assurance that God is always at work in the world. The miracles of God are all around us. The question is, do we see them? And when we do, are we changed by them? Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, Almighty God, Gracious Lord, we thank you again for this wonderful relationship we have with you through faith in Jesus. Within the scriptures, we exceed the examples of your miracle power, but your marvelous nature and glory is most clearly revealed to us in Jesus. In him, we see your heart of compassion and love for all people. His ministry of healing toward people who were sick or oppressed reveal your kindness and grace. The miracles also encourage us to believe, to believe in Jesus and experience new life, eternal life through him. Lord, your miracle power is all around us. Jesus is the one who can take a life and change it, transform it. That's the most amazing miracle of all. Lord, we open our lives to your healing, transforming power right now, this day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Hey, I hope the message spoke to you today. The miracles of God are all around us. Do we see them? Are you changed? If you have questions about the message, let me hear from you. If you'd like to visit more about what it means to have new life in Jesus Christ, I would love to visit with you about that too. Maybe you've joined us today and you would say, you know, I have this prayer request on my heart or I have a praise report I'd love to share. Well, send them to us. We want to hear from you. Go to the app or use the website. Uh, hey, I pray God's blessing is happening in your life. And you know, giving back is one of the most tangible ways to thank God for his goodness. You can use text to give, you can go to the website, you can go to the app or mail in contributions. Thank you, thank you so much for your generosity. Be sure to take advantage of our discipleship opportunities and find all the information you need on our website, cumctulsa.com. God bless you today. Remember, Jesus Christ is the one whose miracle power can change a life. Look forward to these upcoming opportunities. For now, how can you open up your life to Jesus' healing, changing, miracle power today? Hey, Lisa. Hey, Brittany. You know, I didn't know anybody named Lance anymore, but in medieval days, a lot of the people named their kids Lance. A lot. We are excited to be able to host our summer upward basketball camp again this year. Kids entering kindergarten through sixth grade are invited to join us June 14th, 16th, and 18th. The camp is intentionally designed to develop the total athlete, mentally, athletically, spiritually, and socially. Registration is now open, but space is limited. You can sign your kids up online through May 21st. Save the date for the For the Masters Jim Curtis Memorial Golf Tournament. The tournament will be held at LaFortune's Par 3 Horse on June 12th at 8.30 a.m., followed by a hamburger lunch. Sign up online or in the People Place. Parenting has never been easy. Do you know a parent who is hurting because of choices their teen or adult children are making? We have a monthly support group for hurting parents that will meet on Sunday, May 16th at 5 p.m. on Zoom. You can find all this information on our website, cumctulsa.com.